It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. We'll jump into War Report Wednesday with our friends from the War Report, Mike G and C-Dub. In a few minutes, we'll talk a little football with them. But we got to talk about Auburn basketball's big win on the road against arch rival Alabama. The Tigers pulled it out 81-77. to And if you watch that game, I do not know. I do not know how you can walk away from it and say that these two teams are even close in talent level. I'm serious. I know it was a four-point game, but just... For the span of 40 minutes, it seemed like everything that could possibly go Alabama's way went Alabama's way. And I know a lot of Auburn folks are talking about the officiating. I'm really not. Is that included in what I'm about to talk about? Sure, but it's a minor part of all of it. The personal fouls were split 18 to 24. Not the end of the world as far as the balance there. Free throws... Auburn was 14 of 22 from the charity stripe. That's 63.6%. That's terrible. That is awful. And it, does, it seems to stay around that mark. Uh, Auburn needs to get better at that, obviously. And then Alabama was 24 of 29 on free throws. So uh, a little over 82% there. Huge advantage for Alabama, especially with the way the game, uh, the way the game was called. Walker Kessler played 13 minutes. Auburn's second most important player played 13 minutes because he couldn't touch anyone without getting called. Um, Auburn only shot 26.9% from three. They went seven of 26 from three, including very, very long stretches where no one could buy a basket from beyond the arc. And really, the only guy that got things going beyond the arc was Jabari, and then Wendell had a few down the stretch there. Um, Yeah, Wendell went three of 10 from three. I know we're going to talk about how great of a game he had, but like he shot seven of 20. So let's don't act like he was incredible. Did he score 19? Sure. But he shot it 20 times. He should score 19 points. Uh, And then Jabari went three of six from three. That's efficiency. Shot it 14 times, scored 25 points. That's the difference there. That's the difference. This, some people were saying, you know, this was transitioning from the Jabari Smith game to the Wendell Green game. No, sir. 
No, sir. But anyway, back to uh, everything going Alabama's way. Uh, the officiating crew was inconsistent. And look, I'm not talking about how they were calling everything in favor of Alabama. I hate doing that. But it's tough when you watch a game, and I'm just talking like each individual team, where there will be contact on one side of the floor, and then on the same side of the floor four minutes later, that type of contact is called. The SEC has to do something about it. And I'm not talking about it being favored one way or the other, but the way that it was called, Alabama adjusted to it better than Auburn did. So that's another thing that went in the direction of the Crimson Tide. Obviously, it was in Tuscaloosa. That's something where, you know, a place where Auburn has struggled with as of late over the last few seasons. Um, and, and Alabama still couldn't get it done. With all this, Auburn still won. To me, it's clear who the better team is. And honestly, with what we saw last night, Auburn's the best team in the SEC. Think about that. Auburn's the best team in the SEC. Ranked number four in the country, and Baylor lost last night. They may move up. And they were talking about it in the broadcast, and you're starting to see national Twitter folks. Auburn may be the best team in college basketball. And we saw it last night. Alabama's a good team, and all this stuff went their way. Auburn could not buy a basket from three, and they still went into a top 25 team, a team that has, what, four losses, and they're still in the top 25. So, I mean, you know they have the respect from voters. And they still, I mean, what a... As I'm recording this, there's a ton of things happening. My phone is blowing up. Uh, Twitter is going crazy. What, let's see, they're like 25 minutes after posting their final score graphic and Auburn fans have like four point was a four point seven thousand replies on the memes. That is hilarious. Well done guys. Um, but just a few takeaways. Jabari Smith took over this game. I mean, like I said, he shot it 14 times and scored 25 points. That's incredible. And if he was just a little bit better from the free throw line, it would have been more than that. Six of 10 from, from uh, the free throw line. That is the weakness of this Auburn team right now. They've got to get better. Um, one, at getting to the line, and two, you know, scoring when they get there. And a pet peeve of mine is when bro- the broadcast team, and I think for the most part they did a good job, but towards the end, when Alan Flanagan was going for his first set of two free throws towards the end of the game to put the Tigers ahead, they're like, yeah, he's, he hasn't been playing long, so you know he's really going to be rusty and probably not going to make these. And he made both of them. And then he went to the line again and made two more. So I love that, Allen. But um, outside of the Allen and Wendell made both of his. Outside of that, it wasn't good. Um, Katie Johnson was two of six. That's not great. And that's it. Those are all the, the only four players shot free throws last night. Wendell Green got hot. Uh, you know, he, he didn't have a terrible game, uh, but I know I'm going to get poked at for saying, like, he wasn't incredible last night. But 7 of 20 is not good. And I got heat when I talked about this when Jared Harper had some of these games where, like, he'd score 17. It's like, yeah, he shot it 20 times. He should score 17. So uh, I just want to kind of point that out there. Um, Cardwell came in clutch. I mean, we mentioned Kessler not playing a whole lot. Um, Cardwell played 18 minutes, six points, three of four from the floor. And it seems like, it seems like his line would have been worse than that because it just seems one or two a game, he gets close to the basket 
And it's just, he has no touch whatsoever. But then you look at his stat line, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's totally fine from your backup center. So uh, props to him. Props to him late. He had four blocks, which is awesome. And then six rebounds down the stretch there. But our unsung hero in all this, the unsung hero, and I'm not just saying this because he comes on the show every week, but Zepp Jasper, man, he just goes in, plays basketball, and goes home and celebrates a win. He only shot it once. It was a three. He did not make it, so he had no points. But the dude had, Devin Cambridge had the highest plus minus on the team with positive 10. Zepp had the second with plus seven. Everybody else is hovering around zero. Zepp, this team is better as a whole when Zepp Jasper is on the floor. That's why he starts. That's why he is trusted defensively. And I, I just... It's guys like that that make this team go. You know, it's fun to watch the Wendell Greens when they get hot. It's fun to watch Jabari Smith literally do anything. Even if he's breathing, I want to watch it because it's just so easy for him. But it's fun to watch these guys get going. Katie Johnson's emotional. But it's dudes like Zepp that make Auburn a championship contender. Every championship team has them. These role players, they get it done. And I'm hesitant to even call Zepp a role player because he starts, but you guys get what I'm saying. But all in all, Auburn fans, be excited about this win because I don't think Auburn had any business winning last night. And they found a way. They found a way to do it. And so a lot of exciting things. Uh, downtown Auburn looks crazy right now with, with fans and it looks like it's mostly students rolling the trees. And so, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. So rough week for Alabama. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. Hey, today's show brought to you by Built Bar. I was craving something sweet during the game, actually. Made a, uh, a cup of coffee, and I opened up a Built Bar. It was a Rocky Road Built Bar. I love dipping Built Bars in, the, in my cup of coffee. So, not that you asked, just letting you know. But yeah, Built Bar, uh, it's a delicious treat. It's not a lot of calories, and it, it fills you up. Um, most of them are around 130 calories with like four grams of sugar and then a bunch of protein to keep you full. They've got a ton of different flavors, all of them at Built.com, and you can use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Hey, also, uh, Auburn fans listening, uh, a lot of you are saving money every time you fill up at the gas pump. You're making money, making up to $0.25 for every gallon of gas you buy just by downloading the free GetUpside app in your phone's app store. And you can use promo code SCORE and you can get a bonus 25 cents per gallon for your first fill-up. That is up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just use promo code SCORE to save you some money when you download the app. And you can see the money in your account. You can take it out at any time, whether you want it in your bank account or an e-gift card, PayPal account. It's easy to take out. So use promo code SCORE. And let's jump into a little War Report Wednesday action. Our guys from the War Report, Mike G, C-Dub, how we doing? Doing doing pretty good, Zach. Okay, good. Great. Good, sweet, fantastic, fantastic. Uh, so Auburn got some good news yesterday with two starting offensive linemen announcing that they will return center Nick Brahms, offensive tackle Austin Troxel. You got to think both of these guys will start in 2022. We haven't heard from Brandon Council yet. Of course, Brodarius Ham has announced that he's 
uh, you know, going on and, and entering the NFL draft. So, you know, there, all this talk, and we've talked a ton about Auburn pursuing guys in the transfer portal. But interestingly enough, now with both of these guys back, and then Keandre Jones, if Brandon Council comes back, four of the five starters from this season will be back in 2022. But you got to think, you got to think Brian Harson's not going to be happy with just kind of rolling out the same dudes for now, I guess, for the most part, it'd be three years in a row. Mm, yeah, I agree. Uh, but you got to remember, these guys will have gone through another yeah. offseason of the strength and conditioning program. So they should be an offseason stronger. Uh, and the understanding the, the system and the expectations for another year, uh, the experience, obviously, they've got invaluable in-game experience. So when you combine that with a better strength and conditioning program, I would expect to see better results in, in 2022. Yeah, yeah. Same, same. And then I will add on to that, too, is that this buys you another year as well with a coaching staff not too terribly familiar with this territory and the the way recruiting works is with offensive linemen. You got to get in on them early. Mm-hmm. You, you can't come in at the last minute and recruit these guys or steal them away from schools who have been after these kids since ninth and 10th grade. So this is buying Harson and the coaching staff a little bit more time to make inroads and hopefully make a splash in the 2023 season, but also uh, see where their needs are in the transfer portal this year. Again, offensive linemen are kind of challenging to come by in the portal, so this is helping these guys at least get another year and hopefully they can take another step forward in their in their improvement moving forward. Yeah, look at who the first commit was for 2023, right? It was right. an offensive lineman. Big man. Yeah. Yeah. So No, it's definitely it's definitely a priority. And I said this and you know this is so much easier to say than to go do, but like I would love for Auburn to go in the portal and get dudes that have like three years of eligibility left that could sit like a center that could sit behind Nick Brahms for a year and then go in. But if you're in the portal, you're probably not in the, you know, that's probably not an interest to you to do that. You probably want to move and be able to play right away. So like I said, it's much easier to just say that than to do it. But, you know, it's great that Troxel is coming back, but I still think Troxel should probably be a depth piece for an SEC team. I don't know if you necessarily want him starting at tackle, and so still, as far as I'm concerned, you know, your interior offensive line may be fine. It's just uh, you still need two tackles, unless unless one of the JUCO guys from you know I guess two years ago now, Zaire or Coffee take a big step forward. Um, which, based on kind of the limited time that we saw Zaire in the bowl game, like I don't think that's happened yet. Um, but Auburn's got to find a way to get some tackles on campus. Well, they did get one guy uh, over the past weekend, I believe, that did visit the campus uh, mm-hmm. who's in the portal. And so we'll see what happens with that. I think there's another guy from Cornell uh, who's expected to visit sometime soon or, or at least Auburn is after. Well, the, so, Cor- the Cornell guy is a center. Well, there you go. Yeah, so, so I kind of wonder since if Brom's coming back, that probably doesn't help him there. No. No, but that the, uh, there was one guy out of Western Kentucky that did yeah. visit on campus, and so that is one of your tackles. I think he was a right tackle, so it doesn't exactly address uh, the Austin Troxel on the left tackle side. But again, you're bringing in more guys at that position to give you a little bit of help on the line. So that's better than that's better than nothing. You're right. You're absolutely right. And so I, I still think another year in the system, like you guys said will be able to help them take a step forward, but there's a long way to go. There's a long way to go. But 
This roster to me looks totally different, and I've said this for a few weeks now. If you can get two offensive linemen and two wide receivers that are startable from an SEC standard, I think this roster is okay. I know there's a lot of speculation about quarterback and things like that. I think all of it comes together if your offensive line gets a little bit better and your wide receiver room gets a little bit better. But, Mm. you know, once again, it's easier to say that. You got to go do it. Well, specifically run blocking, right? Um, Based on the weaknesses that this team had, uh, they were the fourth best pass protecting unit in our league last year. Uh, So uh, when you you can't run the ball, teams are going to load the box right mm-hmm. and they're going to come after your quarterback and they're going to make him dare you to you're going to dare him to throw that's what teams did to us all year last year so i agree you got to fix you got to fix the line um the deficiencies on the line but i really believe in terms of run blocking that smash where you just have to move a guy another year in this strength and conditioning program could do wonders for this offensive line they weren't built to do what they were being asked to do last year. They had, you know, one off season and you can do a lot. They were really hyped up about the different things that Jeff Pittman had them doing in the weight room, mm-hmm. but strictly conditioning is such an overlooked part of playing the game. Now, maybe not super important to some of the, the skill positions, for, but for those big guys and those linebackers, it definitely matters. I mean, cause they're, they're trying to move somebody every play. Right. And then even if you are running back, right, there is an advantage to being able to press, do the press motion and get a guy off you. Yeah. Right. You know, and 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 get around and not go down or keep, you know, in in, in uh Jarquez Hunter's case, you got a guy who squats six hundred pounds. How many times have we seen him move a pile this year? Right. Yeah. So what well, we went uh, he, six minutes until you brought up Jarquez Hunter. So that's, that's pretty good. Mike G. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, he's a workout warrior, so it's hard not to talk about him. I know all these guys are going to get back in there and they're going to work hard. That's been their mantra all, you know, all since since Brian Harson has come in, it's been work hard work that starts in the weight room. If you can get there, the wet, the weight room, Zach, sets the mentality for what they're going to take onto the field on Saturday. You know, once you get into the game, like after a off season of strength and conditioning, there should be nothing that you do in a game that's harder than what you've done in the weight. Nothing. That's how you get through a game. Practice is supposed to be three times harder than anything you do in a game. The weight room is supposed to be even harder than that. Right. That's how you build mental toughness, mental fortitude. And that's how you build a winner. Right. And we heard that. I mean, Brian Harson came in and it sounds like last off season really pushed this team. And, you know, and Papo had the quote about, you know, we're going to be like Marines. We're doing, you know, intense stuff. And you saw the toughness, I think, in certain aspects of this team. I don't know if you necessarily saw it on the trenches on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think it was a lack of effort. I just, I, I think you just kind of got moved around by bigger guys on the other side of it. And so you've got to figure out, you know, do you build up these guys or do you go get new ones? Or do you do some combination of the two? The answer is both, uh, yeah. to the best of your ability, right, in terms of getting guys. But again, as I said, it's tough. It's, it's not like you got big-time guys in the portal just waiting to to sign up for Auburn or any other school. The guys who are pretty good at that position are probably cemented at their schools getting playing time, unless there's a personal reason or homesick or some reason a kid wants to hit the portal. Those, those linemen – uh, especially from big programs, are pretty much at their schools and solidified. You got to go to a smaller school 
to find some of these diamonds in the rough, which is what Harson has to do the next year or so until he can actually start bringing in good talent from high school to supplement what he has on the line. And I think in the meantime, you just have to continue to build toughness mm -hmm. with this team. And I think next year is the next step. Again, I think a lot of it was him laying the foundation for how they want to approach the game. But we know when you match up against the Georgias and the Alabamas of the world, they've been a step ahead of us recruiting-wise. They have the Joes, the Jimmys and Joes yeah. uh, already. And so we're going to be kind of at a disadvantage at times when we, we match up against some of the top-tier SEC talent. But in the meantime, we understand that Harson is building something special. And the good thing is that these players are buying in. It's a positive sign when your, your guys aren't saying, hey, deuces, I'm out. They want to come back and be a part of what Harson is building, which speaks to the belief that they have in what he's trying to do, which is a positive. I hope they can just build on that in the offseason leading into the 2022 season. No question about it. No question about it. Hey, today's show is brought to you by NetSuite. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you think of the championship as yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And for the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. That is netsuite.com slash locked. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. It's a War Report Wednesday. What do you guys have going on these days at the War Report? Uh, you know, it's the off season, so uh, we are digging into film reviews. Uh, we've got interviews coming up uh, with uh, beat writers, uh, with uh, ESPN personalities, uh, with former players. We've got a bunch of stuff going on this off season. So head on over to the War Report on YouTube. Sign up, uh, subscribe, become a uh, patron, and uh, join the community. Man, we've got lots of great stuff coming. Absolutely. All right, so guys, a new batch of transfers have kind of hit the portal. Um, a lot of them from Alabama. That's Alabama lost the national title game. Um, but uh, Auburn fans seem to want all of them. So let's go through the three that stand out <laughs> the most to me. Drew yep. Sanders. And, of course, all these guys are very highly rated, or they were, because, you know, they're all four and five-star guys. So uh, Drew Sanders is a linebacker, specifically played some outside stuff for, for Alabama. Um, they're tied in. Jaleel Billingsley, um, very sought after tight end there. And then I think this one's interesting to kind of piggyback from our, our conversations a second ago, but Tommy Brown, the offensive mm -hmm. tackle. Um, I think those are all three guys that uh, would make Auburn's roster better. Tommy yeah. Brown makes a lot of sense. It yeah. Does. Tommy Brown, yeah. Tommy Brown stands out, right? Like, so, you know, you've got a very highly rated offensive tackle um, that could come in and make an immediate impact. Now, I will tell you, Alabama had one of the worst pass protecting lines in the league yeah. this year. 
Bryce Brown played behind a porous line. And the fact that he won a Heisman behind that line, I think kind of highlighted what an amazing season he had. So um, they weren't great. I think it showed up in the national title game. Uh, they did replace a lot. So, the, you know, while these guys are highly rated, they were kind of young and inexperienced. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, there's still some development to be there. I don't know how super excited I would be about just thinking that just one of these guys is going to transform our whole line. There's still work to do with anybody who comes in right. from this group. But uh, at the end of the day, if you can add talent to your room, you got to do it. Right. So it doesn't matter where they're coming from, whether it's BAM or any place else. Uh, you know, people get excited because of the level of player that they've been able to recruit there. But I would caution fans not yeah. to assume that he's going to be an automatic just because he's coming from Alabama. Right. Right. Agreed. And, and like the quarterback position, the offensive line is going to be a developmental position, mm -hmm. especially at Auburn. The, the the guys who are able to produce at a high level wearing orange and blue are going to be guys that this coaching staff is going to have to develop. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what's out there in the portal that's going to come in already ready to go, plug and play day one. Right. These coaches are going to have to build up and develop these, these offensive linemen. They have to learn the technique, get stronger in the offseason. Regardless of who comes in, they still got to go through the process. So if we get this guy, I'm excited. I'm elated, but they still have to be developed. Mm -hmm. Right. And then just kind of stand on the topic of transfer stuff, Louisiana wide receiver Kyron Lacey. Mm. Auburn appears to be the favorite for his services. You and I, uh, you guys and I were kind of chit-chatting about him and his stats and and all that beforehand. But, um, you know, there are some folks that are saying that he's, like, literally enrolled. I haven't seen that from anyone where I would be like, okay, that's a definite thing. But um, that's definitely a name to uh, keep an eye out for. But, yeah, what we talked about, like, 22, yeah, 22 catches for 304 yards and six touchdowns in 2021. So, I mean, a role player in this offense. But, you know, Auburn needs, uh, needs help in that room. I mean, he had the most touchdowns of any receiver uh, last year. And I'm not going to sit up here and act like I watched a lot of Louisiana football. I don't yeah. know what this kid looked like <laughs> on film. But, um, yeah, I mean, the more the merrier. And I, th I think I like Harson's approach to bringing in guys who's going to push the guys we currently have on the roster, right? He doesn't want any complacency with these guys. And, and I think he sent the message last year uh, in terms of, playing guys who understand what the coaches are asking them to do and are actually doing it in practice at a high level to earn his trust. And so he's going to bring in guys who are going to willing to buy into that message and push who's already here. Mm -hmm. And if he's able to do that, I'm all for it. Right. Right. I mean, I think anyone who transfers in uh, part of what they will be sold is a very clear path to playing time. And if that's what you want and you look at the quarterback situation and you look at Austin Davis coming in and it's like, okay, you know, th this makes sense. It fits me. Um, perhaps Lacey or, you know, any other, the transfer wide receivers, because Auburn's going to get some wide receivers. Now, are they going to be the first picks and the second pick guys that they want out of the portal? I don't know. I have no idea. But yeah. they're, they're, they're going to get some bodies at wide receiver from the transfer portal. That will happen. You know, we we talked to Devin Roma should do about this. Okay, uh, we we did a segment with him recently where um, you know we talked about his recruiting process and what they pitched to him. 
uh, coming into Auburn. And, you know, he kind of lended his thoughts about the state of our passing game and like, why, why choose Auburn if you're a receiver right now? Yeah. Um, and there weren't a lot of, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of upside. Right? right. So, you know, essentially what this coaching staff is selling, they're se- they're selling something that hasn't maybe quite manifested itself just yet. Yeah. Um, but what you do have on tape is you have a ton of pass attempts, <laughs> right? Right. You have a ton of attempts and you're telling a kid if that it's you, that ball is caught, come yeah. to Auburn. Right. Right. And here's what we're doing on the other end to make sure the next ball that's thrown is more catchable for you who's probably going to catch it. So there's a lot of faith that a guy is going to have to have in the vision of what's being sold. You know, now we've talked to, to recruits' parents, and particularly the receivers have told us their primary recruiters are selling a vision. And the schools that they choose, um, when it comes down to it, the coach paints a vision of how you fit into what they're trying to do. And the kid and the parents buy that and they say, okay, we're going to go with this guy because we understand exactly what he's trying to do with me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I fit into that plan. So uh, we're going to, we're going to find out how well this staff does that with these skill positions. Now, you got to pass, right, for the most part in 2021 because you came into the recruiting process late. Sure. Uh, your coach gets let go, and the guy you replaced got let go in December, and then you've got to close a class in like a month yeah. or two. I think you did right? a good job, all things considered. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. right. And, you know, they got some lucky catches there at the end there uh, where some other coaches fumbled the bag, right, or handed a bag Literally. or whatever. <laughs> um, and so then you come into 2022. And the results on the field certainly hampered recruiting a tad, but you still closed strong. Mm-hmm. However, it was defensive heavy. It was extremely defensive heavy. So you're not done yet because you still have your final signing day. And the portal has added this whole new aspect in and in, in dimension right. to recruiting. Right. Um, but you can't, you can't miss here. But uh, uh, again, the kids that you're going to get are, it's good. Like Caesar said earlier, it's going to be about finding diamonds in the rough finding guys who maybe have the raw talent, but they have been largely overlooked. Maybe this kid coming from Louisiana, right? Um, uh, Kyron Lacey, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe he is one of those kids that essentially he had, he didn't, he maybe didn't manifest his talent coming out. So he wasn't highly sought after, but he could come into Auburn and be a star. You just have to have a system and a process that, can get that out of the kids that you bring in. So we're yeah. going to learn a lot about Brian Harson's system. Uh, he is the common denominator in all this offensively. So despite Mike Bobo leaving and, you know, uh, whatever changes they made at wide receiver coach and, you know, things that are going to happen eventually. Right. He's here. And if he's here, we should be okay. Right. Yeah. That has to be the belief if you're an Auburn fan. Right. And so uh, maybe we'll get the Kyron Lacey news later in the week, assuming that happens one way or the other. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe he doesn't come here. I don't know. But he's, Auburn definitely seems to be uh, the favorite there. Just real quick before we wrap up, um, Auburn, I guess he signed uh, a preferred walk-on, Mac McClinton. Uh, he's a safety from Montgomery. His Twitter, has, uh, his Twitter says that he is an athlete, but probably just a practice piece, but worth noting because this is an Auburn podcast gentlemen um how can folks once again support you guys and and find all of your content 
head on over to YouTube. We got a lot of content throughout the week. We got some special content. You can become a patron with us and get access to some exclusive content, film reviews, uh, interviews with uh, former Auburn players, uh, beat writers. You can also check us out where podcasts are streamed if you want to listen to us on the treadmill or on or in your car on the way to work. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. As always, we'll be back tomorrow. John Samuel Shanker joins the show right here on Locked on Auburn. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.